0: and welcome back to Apocalypse for our second episode i'm turner
1: and i'm erica this week we're going to be going over um, the last two episodes from season eight of the walking dead we figured that um talking about a couple of episodes at a time could give us a little bit more um room to to draw a broader scope on some of the themes that they're uh, working on this season
0: yeah especially given the uh the depth of the concepts that are playing out on screen it uh, just gives a little more context i think to the conversation but i do have to say uh, episode 10 the lost and the plunderers really messed with me ouch yeah yeah i left that episode with just this gut-wrenching feeling it was like ah the optimist in me was like okay They have this great vision for peace after losing Carl. What's going to happen this season, this episode? And I was disappointed. (laughs) I don't think I was disappointed so far as the plot goes, but I was really expecting a little more from Rick, I think.
1: Yeah, he was very disappointing. And and you you do tend to be really optimistic, and I tend to be on the complete other end of the spectrum but even as a pessimist i was like really rick really to to listen to what carl had to say you know about doing the right thing the good thing and and you know we get to see rick read his letter from carl but i don't want to get ahead of myself that's already halfway through the that episode so what happens before rick reads carl's letter
0: gosh a lot um There was so much going on. I just felt like this episode went so quick because there was so much packed into it. Um, What really struck me first was whenever Michonne and Rick were leaving Alexandria, they're on their way out. And uh, Michonne sees the gazebo that Carl liked to um, sit on top of and watch the sky. And it was on fire. And uh, just in the moment, she was like, I'm going to go save that gazebo. I don't care if there are dozens of walkers around here. And she runs over there with a fire extinguisher and Rick <laughs> follows her up. And uh, even though it was a touching moment to try to save it with all of these walkers around, what I really saw that communicated was there their quest or
1: feeble attempts
0: their yeah, their determination, but also their feeble attempts at trying to preserve things that are peaceful and beautiful in such a destructive world. You
1: can see that and I mean that's a perfect (laughs) a move into what happens to the scavengers and Jadis in this episode, which is Yeah. Quite disappointing. To put in simple terms. So we see. This is the other thing that was interesting about this episode that for the first time in this season, there are like placards in between acts of the episode basically that tell us like the person's whose point of view or the person basically that we're following that we need to pay attention to most in that, the upcoming scene. And And we see Simon, right, Uh, Negan's right-hand man, since Dwight was demoted, of course, earlier in the season. And Simon just wants to go and kill them all, right? Because that's his thing. That's what Simon does. And Negan, time and time again, is like, people are a resource. And we see Simon go um, to the scavengers in order to get back the guns. Um. Get the guns get the ammunitions that they need obviously to to fight the survivors and that ends in a bloodbath literally simon mows down every one of the people after jadis hands over all of their guns as a gesture of peace and a treaty for safety for her people
0: yeah yeah and going back to Episode seven, where Jadis helped Rick get back to the sanctuary. Um, uh, I think we see two different relationships kind of break down at the moment that they all met up at the sanctuary. One, Jadis and her people left Rick. And then the sanctuary saw Jadis' people there with Rick. And Simon was not happy about that. No. So I think that's exactly why he saw them as a threat.
1: Right. And I mean, Jadis lied. I mean, she really, I don't think she believed herself, but she put on a good show. You know, when Simon was like, can you tell me what that was about? Can you apologize to me? And she was like, we delivered Rick to you and you shot at us. But we saw Simon trip up after that because he wasn't expecting her to say that. And yeah. he wasn't so sure that that's not what happened. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's an interesting point, too. But I, I, I think that Simon already knew he was going to kill them all. It had nothing to do with anything that Jadis would or would not have done. Even yeah. if she hadn't have handed over the guns, he would have killed them all anyway.
0: For sure. I think it was in that moment that he admitted to everyone that he already had plans.
1: <laughs> right. So after that, then... We see, you know, Rick and Michonne end up at the scavengers dump, I guess we can call it that, and it's just a bunch of walkers, right? Yeah. Which that actually happens before we see what happened there. Yeah. Um,
0: I thought that this was a trap by by the scavengers, because they've been known to just let these metal encrusted walkers just roam about in their heaps because they don't want people in there. I thought it was a trap.
1: No, no, I saw their clothing, but I mean, if you didn't get that couple second glimpse, you know, if you weren't if you were paying attention to like Jadis or something in that scene, then you you wouldn't have caught it. But I definitely I saw their like patchwork trash clothes, and I was like, oh no, yeah, Simon got there first, but um. Let's talk about Jadis. Jadis is in white whenever Rick and Michonne arrive and find her.
0: Yeah. She was in white, but she also... This this is what I really... What really stuck out to me was she started talking more eloquently. You know? Yeah. She wasn't so... So simplifying her speech like she had been to only say like four or five words at a time. She was speaking in full sentences with great grammar.
1: Yeah. And she kind of explains, you know, like it's over, you know, her people built this thing and it was them and, and they were separate from everyone else and it was different and it was peaceful and it was about art and togetherness, and now it's over. And it, the difference doesn't matter anymore because everyone is dead.
0: Yeah, and that the heaps weren't there. It was trash. And then they wanted to make art out of garbage, and now it's just garbage. Yeah. That really screwed me up.
1: <laughs> I, I, I honestly think that is the most metaphor that The Walking Dead has ever managed Yeah, in a single scene. And it makes it even more impactful. Jadis' monologue alone is impactful. But what makes it more important in the full story of where The Walking Dead is going is once Rick leaves her there, he and he has the opportunity to bring her with him, at which point Jadis could be, have become a helpful member of the survivors. She really could have. Yeah. We see Rick turn her away violently really even if even though michonne was trying to talk him out of it it happened too quickly and i don't want to ruin anything for people who aren't familiar with the comics or anything but if you are familiar with the comics i am like 99.9 percent sure that the walking dead just made an expert storyline to make rick the reason that alpha comes into being jada's will be alpha mark my words We won't ruin things for those of you who are not familiar with the comics. We'll stop ourselves here. But Alpha is an important character in the comics line. And and in the comics, Rick is not part of her becoming what she is.
0: There were plenty of walker bodies that weren't smashed up into globs. And that's all I'm going to say about that.
1: (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about the globs. Yeah. Those globs get thrown all over the painting that Jadis was working on.
0: And she had just made that the day before they took Rick back to the sanctuary.
1: And she was still working on it when Simon came. That's why he got the blue paint on his boot. Yeah. Maybe I'm, go ahead.
0: Right after she talks about trying to make art out of garbage, then we see the entrails of her people thrown all over that art. That whole scene right there, I think probably was the one scene in The Walking Dead that almost made me cry. Was that?
1: <laughs> wow. I didn't even know that. Well, I i mean, it was very moving. You yeah. know, to see her stand there, you know, she is crying in this white, flowy frock. She was depicted as an angel, even the sun creating a halo behind her as she watches her people grind it into dust or, or goo, whatever you want to call it. And of course, the goose splashing over onto her painting. We really are made to see her people and herself as the innocent parties that were in a tug of war between two groups who were stronger than them, who threatened them into things that they would not have done on their own, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and Rick is responsible for that. Which is why it's so terrible that when Jadis spills out her beautiful monologue to Rick and Michonne about who they were and what they did and what had become of them, that Rick throws it in her face and blames her specifically for the death of her people. That is so trashy. Like, <laughs> you yeah. really at that point... Lose all faith in Rick completely. Like it's gone. I really think that's the moment where the writers want us to realize that he's not our guy anymore. And then that just gets reiterated in the next scene whenever Rick and Michonne are back on the road. They've left Jadis and Michonne is like, you know what? I'm pretty sure this is what Carl was talking about. And then Rick goes into one of his moody crying stages, pulls over, reads the letter calls Negan to tell Negan that Carl's dead. And just, just for a moment, we think, we think that that these two men are going to bond over the death of a son figure, you know? I mean, obviously he was Rick's real son, but Negan had really adopted him. And we heard that too in Negan's fight with Rick on the night that they escaped into the sewers, right? Negan's like, You know, I'm going to keep him and I'm going to train him right. And I'm going to fix him. Have you screwed him up? You know, Negan really wanted to adopt Carl. And we find out he's dead. And not only is he dead, he was just killed by a walker trying to help people. And Negan does exactly what Rick did. Talking about the death of Jadis' people and blaming it on her. And Negan throws that in Rick's face. You know, Carl would still be alive if you didn't teach him to do stupid things like help people selflessly, you know, and put others first. That's your fault, Rick. Ow.
0: Yeah. Well, I think like both of those instances, the conflict between Rick and Jadis, the conflict between Rick and Negan is spurred on because of a lack of empathy. Yeah. There was a moment when Rick is saying, Rick is saying to Nick, Uh, Rick is saying to Negan he wants us to stop fighting he wants me to stop he wants you to stop and for a second I thought he was going to offer peace but then he was like but it's too late for that it's too late for that
1: what I want to know is now obviously this is not real but if Rick would have said and I'm ready for that you know or what do you say like would Negan have gone for it if Rick wouldn't have come Come with the it's too late for that immediately?
0: I don't think so. I don't think he was ready to go there. But meanwhile, while this was happening over this that episode and the episode right before it, we've got this contrast again of the people who think that you need to continue the hate and the violence and the people that see that that's the actual destruction. And uh, it was real brief toward the beginning of this episode, um, whenever Enid and Aaron get captured by Oceanside people. Mm -hmm. And uh, regardless of whether or not that scene played out very well, I think the main purpose of that scene was Enid killed a person and she thought she had to, but what she realized was killing itself was her own punishment and that's what she said and i think that's what uh what ezekiel was getting at with henry why he was trying to be so uh gentle to henry right after he killed gavin because it is going to screw him up and i think we see that play again later in, in carol and at the same time this this rick negan epic is playing along and they're not getting at that. They just want to get back at each other. And other people are taking, taking the axe for it.
1: So let's go ahead and move to this next episode because it really does kind of complete this narrative we're talking about. Um, because we do get to see some glimpses of good, which are then very quickly smashed in our faces. So the title of this last episode, is it episode 11 or 12? is 11 so episode 11 um dead or alive or what did we learn i mean obviously that gabriel is blinded by an infection i'm not sure where they're trying to go with that like are they just trying to be really heavy-handed metaphorical like The blind man is the only one who can see, you know, that there's a greater narrative and that peace is the answer.
0: As far as I can tell, I feel like that's really what they are doing. I don't see any other way that that could play in the story. But I think with Gabriel, the moment that he thought that uh, his hope of getting Dr. Carson to Maggie was going to be fulfilled and then totally lost it. I think it's just, again, the theme of losing hope, but then that hope is fulfilled in another place, um, even if he can't see it, both because of his physical condition and his physical location. But we see that Sadiq, he has some medical training. It just shows up at the hilltop later in that episode. Yeah. So even though he failed with Dr. Carson, he ultimately didn't fail.
1: Okay, so we have to talk about Eugene now, right? So the only reason that the doctor and Gabriel ever escaped the sanctuary in the first place is because Eugene let them out, which we talked about um, in the last episode, was so he could sleep at night, right? And so Gabriel is delivered back to Eugene at his bullet-making factory, blinded now mostly blinded and eugene puts him to work and negan pretends to believe gabriel's story that the doctor is the one that let them escape
0: yeah even before negan sent eugene and his crew over to start baking bullets you could tell that he thought eugene was the one that let them out you could definitely tell
1: and he probably knows, but he needs Eugene to make bullets because yeah. he needs a lot of them very quickly.
0: I thought a really funny moment from the bullet making scene whenever uh, Gabriel's dropped off there. I really don't think it was scripted. I cannot believe that this was scripted. <laughs> whenever Negan is, he's mad that Eugene's not going to make enough bullets fast enough. And Eugene just off the cuff says, well, we could just make some trebuchets and throw some dead arms and heads over there. You know, maybe it'll bite a few of them and they'll turn. The look on Negan's face was like... Was,
1: it was raw. It was pure. That, like
0: To me, that said, he did not know that was going to happen in real life. <laughs> so he was wondering if he needed to break character or not.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. And then he manages to, to get out his line, which is a rose just sprung out of that pile of, you know. And and let's potentially one of the darkest things that we've seen in the dead so far is at the end of this episode Negan insinuates mass use of biological warfare via the blood of the walking dead.
0: Yeah. Just to wound them, even if you don't kill the enemy, that they'll get infected and die and then kill other people.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, he actually seemed to suggest that he didn't want them to kill people. He just wanted them to injure people with, basically, poisoned weapons so that they would die slowly like that. Yeah. Um, I think that's even worse, (laughs) you know, coming after Carl's death at the teeth of a walker.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think it was Carl's death that brought Negan from the point where he is angry at Simon because people are a resource to, you know what, let's just turn everybody into walkers slowly.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. It's, it's, a, it's a hard turnaround from the very, like, the episode right before this, you know. People are a resource. People are a resource Actually, let's just injure them all. Like, yeah, at, at this point, you know, what is left? Because again, okay, let's go back to the hilltop now, okay. Yes, Sadiq got there. He's a doctor. Maggie can have a baby under a doctor because that's apparently such a big deal. And yet, Maggie herself is being very inhumane. Incredibly inhumane, actually, which is very out of character for her. Um I, I honestly, uh, maybe I'm being a little overcritical, but I think that they have, the writers have forgotten who Maggie is this season. They need her to play a role that's not who her character has been. And yes, her husband was bludgeoned to death, but that doesn't, change the very DNA of your being, the fiber of who you've been for seven, seven episodes now, seven seasons rather.
0: Yeah. though I think it's, it's, that's just her real self after enduring her people dying more than just Glenn and Abraham, but being in this fight and because she's lost so many people taking it to heart to be bitter, just like, Just like Rick is and Negan.
1: Uh, And, you know, what we've forgotten to talk about, too, um, Tara and Dwight's ordeal, right? So everyone's like, just let Dwight live. He could still be helpful. He could still be helpful. Like, don't kill him. And Tara's just like, no, I will kill him. And so she takes him off, makes him kill a bunch of walkers with his arm hurt and a knife, and then is going to basically assassinate him.
0: Yeah, because he's the one that killed Denise.
1: Right. And he apologized for it, though. Again, the bad guys are the ones who are apologizing and actually meaning it here. But Dwight gets away. You know, Tara forces him out of the bushes when they happen upon some, some of the saviors. And Dwight leads them away from the swamp where they were about to go, where they would have discovered everyone, including Judith, who is in a very vulnerable place right now. Uh, They have to go through a swamp filled with walkers to get all of the people who survived from Alexandria to save to the safety of Hilltop. They do make it and everyone makes it, but they would not have made it if Dwight had not rejoined the saviors. And he did that assuming that they were going to kill him because he thought that the person who saw that he was a traitor had gotten back to to them. And and apparently they hadn't yet. Or yeah. or something else. I don't know what that something else would be, but
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see how that little storyline will play out now because he's back with Negan. You know, I can just imagine next episode, Negan be like, Hey D, where you been? <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Why did no one come back? In the middle of all this. Yeah. I think but, he's gonna be really suspicious.
1: Probably, if if Dwight doesn't escape as soon as he can, because Dwight stands there for Negan's speech about, you know, this is our our new strategy is biological warfare.
0: That's true. You
1: can see, like, that's where we're left at the end of this episode, is Dwight's fear-stricken face. Yeah. Because how do you fight against that, you know? Yeah. Death, if you're so much as nicked, you know? It's rough. Was there any bit of hope in this last episode? Hmm. Besides
0: Sadiq. Sadiq, but also, I mean, he was with the group. But the group with Daryl and Tara and Rosita made it to Hilltop. The ones that escaped Alexandria got there. So, so they're at least together. Wait, 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 wait. I'm just remembering now. One of the most hopeful things that I saw was... Going back to um, Carol and Ezekiel and Henry, Carol just wanted to ream Henry for killing Gavin, and he didn't need to. And Ezekiel was accepting of him. And uh, this episode, after everyone learned the reason that Carl died was because he was helping a stranger, we see Morgan, who was so bent on getting his chance to kill the saviors that were in the cage at Maggie's. Tell Henry, knowing full well who killed his brother, he told Henry it was Gavin that killed his brother and it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> he just said, you got Gavin. So now what? You
1: know. But I'm not sure. I, I, and I think this is probably how they want us to feel at the end of that. You know, is that good or is that terrible? because Gavin's death is justified, his killing is then justified, which was not. Does that make sense? So yeah, but- justice, isn't justice if we're made to feel that it's justice, if it's actually robbing us of a chance for real real justice and real peace?
0: Perhaps, but I think it was probably more in that situation it was more just because you've got this little boy with a bloodlust to just seek vengeance not knowing he's already gotten it you know nothing can stop him now but then once he learns that he's already accomplished his goal he's got to rethink about it
1: i guess so i i just i think we're gonna see that that does him more harm than good in the end. Yeah. Because that long-haired guy, dang him, is still alive. Yeah. What is his name even?
0: Least favorite character. I That's really what favorite. I saw in the credits. <laughs> but that, that moment, though, I think was the most hopeful. Maybe it's worse for Henry, but that to me showed a turning point in morgan and uh and in maggie maybe even henry who knows
1: i do you think that the blue paint from this episode that simon and then rick get on their boots um at the dump do you think we'll see that again or do you think that was just symbolism for this episode I'm wondering if it will be important to place them in the same place at the same time or...
0: Yeah, I think we're going to see it again. Because Simon looked at his shoe when Negan was coming around the truck. And he was trying not to focus on it when Negan was around. So he knows that it's going to give him away for something.
1: And that reminds me too of um, oh, many, many episodes ago. How Negan got the idea that uh, Dwight wasn't being forthcoming. The paint from the chess piece on the bag. But looking forward, what do you think we'll see in, in the next couple episodes? What are we looking for? More preparation for another battle or will the battle ensue?
0: I think we're gonna see more preparation for battle. And I think we're gonna see More internal conflict in this next episode. Um, Maybe there's going to be a few firefights here and there, but I think this is where more of the survivors group, more of the Alexandrians are going to deal with the implications of Carl's death internally. Yeah. Um,
1: And the implications of what they've done at this point, which I mean, I guess is kind of the same thing. But I mean, they're all in one place now. Everyone is back at the kingdom. The Except only two, Gabriel. well, okay, Gabriel and Eugene are are making bullets, but everyone else is in one place. Yeah, and I think it's important to note that Gabriel, of all people, has been put with the person who's the least sure about what side he's on. Yeah, and why?
0: And I think that's another place we're gonna see internal conflict because. It's not going to be hidden to Eugene that he's making the bullets that are going to kill the people that were his friends at one time.
1: I mean, it would be the first or the last time he's done that. But I think we'll also see Eugene die this season. As Maybe. much as I love him, really, as a concept.
0: I don't know. I guess we'll see.
1: Yes, we will. We will see.
0: Well, thanks for talking with us, guys. And uh hope to see you uh, next episode of the Apocalypse. Have a good... Insert time of the day here. Bye.